Hi, we're Visible, the wireless company with nothing to hide. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not into you. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. I love you. I do. love you too. <laughs> John's like, why do you guys not say that immediately right back to me? <laughs> I had to click back onto your images so I could look into your eyes. I was surfing the internet. <laughs> You're like, I was pretty much surfing the internet throughout this entire podcast. Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times. Here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hey, Bills fans. Welcome to another episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast and the only podcast that won't pay $660 to win a Twitter fan poll from a second-rate TV network's Twitter account. I'm your host, Nate, and we have a great show for you guys. Free agency is over for the most part, and it's time to focus on the NFL Draft coming up on Thursday, April 25th. In this episode, we will go over some mock drafts and give our list of positions that we don't want the Bills to draft with the ninth overall draft pick this year, and a few other fun topics. Tonight, I'm joined by my co-hosts, John and Mike. Fellas, it's always great to talk Bills with you. How's it going? Go Bills. Going good. It's going great. How are you, Nate? So I just wanted to um, thank everyone. By the way, real quick, did you guys know that you could purchase Twitter poll votes like for anything? Did you know that you had the ability to do that, pay money to do that? You can pay money. You can do anything with money, Nate, anything. <laughs> Give me an example. What else? Could we get a million downloads for this podcast for $660? Have you ever seen a, a video of a click farm in China? No. Oh. Is that what it's? Is Don't that, look it up. <laughs> what to tell you? <laughs> is it basically you can like, purchase? You can purchase likes, upvotes, oh, really? hearts, oh. whatever you want, uh, downloads, whatever. They have whole like a giant, giant warehouses of people just on computers, or they have complete walls of cell phones set up and audit like will automatically navigate to your thing and upvote. Right? It's like a like a robotic arm that wow swipes down through the rows of cell phones. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Upvoting. Wow. Um, so we're going to actually talk about that a little bit later. That was a really fun thing that happened this week. It's kind of it's kind of off topic, but it, it happened. It was big in the Bills Twitter news hemisphere. So we're going to talk about that. But really quick, I just wanted to thank people um, for the kind words over Twitter about my wife's and I baby uh, girl being born. Um, just a quick story. I know I told John this, Mike. I haven't told you this story yet. But um, but. Long story short, basically, we were having contractions at the home. It was like within five or six minutes of each other. That's exactly when you're supposed to go to the hospital. It's like this little rule of thumb. So what happened is we ended up, you know, getting ready to go to the hospital. And then it went from like five minutes to like two minutes. It jumped. I'm like, oh, that's kind of quick. Like that usually doesn't go that. Usually it goes like, oh, five minutes, four and a half minutes, you know, four minutes and 15 seconds. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, we we get out on the road. We're driving to the hospital. And my wife's going into severe labor. We are in the hospital. We park 
the car right in front of the main entrance. We find a guy running that happened to be walking past with an empty wheelchair. Say, hey, can we grab that, buddy? He's like, yep, you can have it. So we went right up to the second floor. We checked in, and within 10 minutes of from the time that we got to the hospital to the time that you know the baby was the baby was delivered in ten minutes is what I'm trying to say. It was it was insane from the time we got to the hospital to the time we got there. So pretty crazy. Um, my wife literally gave birth standing up because we didn't have enough time to get her into the hospital bed. So it was crazy. They like literally like you know got on her. They they you know they didn't catch the the baby didn't just fall out, but the baby, they were there for the baby and you know my wife just picked her right up. It was pretty crazy. Ten minutes. 10 minutes from the time we got there. So luckily we didn't hit any rush hour traffic or anything, but everyone's healthy and happy and home. So thanks to all the people on Twitter that said uh, all the nice words and, and kind thoughts. So appreciate it. Bill's, Bill's fans are the best, man. So news and notes portion of the podcast. I noticed, wait, wait, wait. I noticed you said we were having contractions. <laughs> <laughs> I can totally, I can get on, totally get on board with, oh, we're, we're having a baby. We're pregnant. Would she agree that, we were having contractions. <laughs> that seems like a little bit of a stretch. I think, yeah, yeah, that might be a little bit of a stretch. I shouldn't have said that. Looking back at it, it okay. was definitely. I was definitely not feeling any contractions. I was fine. A real quick story on that, though. Can I just say that, like, no matter what I went through that day, obviously was no nothing close to that. But I had like the worst flu, stomach flu, virus, like. Um, like food sickness or whatever the night before when she started going into contractions. So it was like, imagine like thinking that you're going to pass out and throw up at the same time on the bathroom floor. And then your wife's like, Oh, Hey, by the way, like we could have this baby soon. And just like, no way. you know, mm. It's just insane. It was luckily I was able to go there. Um, I was able to man up and, and find a way to, to make it there. But but if if she was gonna have that baby, then I was gonna stay home. <laughs> it sounds weird. Be like, how how was uh how was your child's birth? Like, I don't know. I wasn't there for it. I was uh I was at home, kind of just sleeping in bed. Um, anyway, so let's That's get terrible. Yeah, yeah. But throwing up is the absolute worst. Yeah, it was violent too. It was, uh, and it wasn't just throwing up. I won't get into details, but let's just say that's why I thought it was uh, a food sickness. And mm. yeah, yeah. So like, my feet and my hands were going numb. I'm like. I'm like, oh, th- this is what's going to happen. You know, this is how I die. So, um, <laughs> you know, and I was telling I was telling John this story that, you know, how you always hear those stories about like people like um, valiantly and, and courageously fighting terminal diseases up until the end. Like they're really brave and, you know, whatever. Like I would be the quickest to be like, you know, what, I'm just throwing in the towel. <laughs> like I, I have no fight. in uh, Yeah. <laughs> the eulogy would be like Nate just gave up so quickly. <laughs> it was just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. No fight whatsoever. <laughs> well, it's your time, right? <laughs> he like moved up his time on purpose. It really wasn't his time. <laughs> he just didn't want to deal with some uh, lightheadedness. <laughs> so news and notes, part of the, finally getting to the Bills portion of the podcast. Um, news and notes, and there's only a few of them. One of the main one is Gronk. Rob Gronkowski officially reti- uh, announced his retirement earlier this past week. I don't know how it'll affect the Patriots probably not at all because they always seem to find a way to coach around losing players. He's never on the field anyway, is he? No. Come on. He's always injured. It doesn't matter. But I guess I guess my point was is that I'm not going to miss him. Um, and I know that he's a Buffalo guy, and he's kind of like that funny, party, drunk guy, frat guy, uh, you know, whatever. But, like, I just – I don't know. I, I will never look at that guy the same after the concussion he gave to Dravius White. You know, which was like completely—he was completely defenseless on the ground, and Gronk just 
you know, basically took a run up and just dove at the back of his head. And basically, and Travis White didn't do anything wrong. It wasn't like he was fighting him before. He just outplayed him that game. And oh yeah, and the and the Patriots were up twenty three to three at that point. So there was absolutely no reason to do that. I'll never look at Gronk the same. No, it absolutely bothered me. And basically, what you just said is you know how how I felt as well. I mean, in the moment, yes, I agree. But then with context too, like I'm sure we've all lost our cool at one point or another, right? Somebody gets under your skin or irritates you. It's not to make excuses, but yeah, everybody's done something. We're like, man, I wish I could have that back. I don't know if he's like expressed expressed that or how contrite he is, but his his apology after it wasn't really an apology either. It was not like after the fact he went back and like, oh, I shouldn't have done that or said, right. oh, I'm sorry or whatever. He just kind of. But but sometimes I guess my like sometimes three years later you'd be like, oh man, I was an idiot during the, at that point. Like I've learned a, like oh I've, things have happened in your life where you. Sure, sure. Learn something from a person, a book, or an event, like something, and you're like, wow, I was stupid at that point. Yeah. So I, it'd be interesting to hear what he has to say now. Like, I can, at the time, I agree 100%. Like, man, what a cheap shot. Like, that's so uncalled for. So, like, you could really permanently injure somebody. Yeah. But I wonder what his response would be with the benefit of time, an extended hindsight, yeah. time, maturity, whatever. You know, that's kind of what I was, I was hoping that. Um, so I added him last year to one of the podcast gags that we have, which is basically the piece of garbage club garbage. And its members include, um, famous players that the bills fans really hate. And there's, there's not a ton of them, but like, they just include guys like Brian Cox, um, you know, which everyone remembers from the nineties playing with the jets and the dolphins. Um, you know, Richard Sherman for that cheap shot he had on Dan Carpenter a couple years ago, Jarvis Landry. For his late hits continuously to end uh, end Aaron Williams' career, um, Rob Gronkowski I had added because of that, and uh, and just actually this last season we added Kiko Alonso for his continual like cheap cheap shots and late hits on Bills players where he tried to basically end um, Josh Allen's season. But I was kind of hoping that Rob Gronkowski would somehow redeem himself because I don't necessarily see him as that kind of dirty player uh, normally. But I mean that. That play just—he doesn't have the history of the other guys that you mentioned. No, but it, but it was that severe. I mean, none of the other guys had that blatant of a of of a play where it was completely obvious that he shouldn't have done that. Where it was just wrong. It was he was picking on a guy two thirds his size when he, the guy wasn't looking after an interception. I don't know. It was it was borderline assault. I would say. So, but you're right. Maybe with time, I, I don't know. It would take a lot for me to to. Uh, is is there a word for unenshrined? Because he's right now he's enshrined into the piece of garbage club, but to take that bust out of the piece of garbage club would take a lot. So I don't think I've ever heard enshrined in a negative connotation before. Oh yeah, probably not. Mm. Mm. So um, another like gag that we haven't talked about in a little while is the the Josh Allen haters club. This has to do with um, basically people in the national media, people, players that continue to continue to hate Josh Allen, even though he's pretty much, he obviously hasn't shown all of the haters wrong in that respect, but people aren't even willing to budge on their opinions that he's a terrible quarterback and he'll have no future in the NFL. People include like Jacksonville Jaguars corner, uh, Jalen Ramsey, Bleacher Reports, Jeff Schwartz, former offensive lineman who just continually rags on Bills fans and Josh Allen, Mike Tanier from Bleacher Report, Colin Cowherd, 
um, famous sports uh, radio host, um, Evan Silva, Aaron Schatz, um, most of the Buffalo radio hosts. Um, so if there's any other people that belong in the piece of garbage club that we don't know about or I didn't mention, please let us know either tweet us or email us or also the Josh Allen Haters Club because, uh, you know, that's some, something that we're just going to keep track of as time goes on so we can tweet them and, and let them know how wrong they were as time goes on. So a perfect time now that we're talking about the, the Josh Allen Haters Club is our T Public store. We have uh, a T Public store where we have a graphic of Josh Allen hurdling the word haters. So that includes everyone who just mentioned and everyone else out there. So it's a really cool shirt. The, the T-shirts just went on sale for $13. Our T Public store is tpublic.com slash stores slash ctwpod. It's by far our famous our most famous piece of artwork, but we have uh, like 10 other pieces that you have to check out, including like our Circling the Wagons podcast logo and um, our Sean McDermott sprinkling the process over uh, the Buffalo Bills logo. So so check that out. Again, that site is tpublic.com slash stores slash ctwpod. So the Bills also added more free agents since the last time we talked. The last time we talked specifically was the Friday after free agency started. Um, one of the more... Uh, important signings has been cornerback EJ Gaines, where the Bills signed him to a one-year $3.6 million contract. This was kind of cool. Gaines was one of the first major acquisitions of the Brandon Bean era when he arrived in 2017 as part of a trade that sent Sammy Watkins to the Los Angeles Rams. Um, playing in the final year of his rookie deal, Gaines started opposite rookie Tredavious White um, in one of the league's most underrated cornerback lineups, and he started 11 games. That season, and the Bills ended their 17-year playoff drought. And in 2018, the Bills instead signed Vontae Davis and let EJ Gaines walk, with uh, which EJ Gaines signed with the Browns, but his uh, which he's had an injury history throughout his entire career. That's one of the reasons I'm sure the Bills didn't sign him to a long-term contract, and neither did the Browns, because he literally only paid, played six games for the Cleveland Browns before going on IR. So, um, so this is. Kind of cool only in the fact that um, they they add more veteran presence to their secondary. Um, rookie Levi Wallace, undrafted rookie Levi Wallace, had a great second half of the season starting after Vontae Davis left and uh, or retired halftime, I should say. And uh, so this is just more veteran presence. It's like if you look at their starting, you know, four defensive backs between EJ Gaines. If EJ Gaines wins the competition, it'll be EJ Gaines, Travis White, Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde, the same exact secondary that they had in 2017 when they ended the drought. So kind of cool. I was excited when I saw that free agency pickup. So we'll see what he can do if he can win that starting spot and challenge uh, Levi Wallace or not. But John had a really great stat for EJ Gaines. So I'll let you uh, I'll let you um, give that one out, John. Sure thing. Um, so two years ago, uh, the Bills were 8-3 and three when EJ Gaines started for the Bills. Um, so... I mean, that's pretty good, right? I mean, they finished yeah. nine and seven, so it's you know. Yeah, there's no doubt oh. the guy's talented when he's when he's on the field. So let's hope that he can bring that back along with Levi Wallace. I mean, there's depth. There's finally depth at that position, which there hasn't been in in a little while. So between him and Kevin Johnson, Levi Wallace, Kevin Johnson, EJ Gaines, all vying for that number two role, plus possibly a rookie, a drafted rookie this season. So so we'll see. Um, the Bills also released Chris Ivory, which wasn't a big surprise to anyone that listens to the podcast or follows the Bills. The Bills end up saving $2.2 million in cap space. So one of the big topics 
that I want to bring up that I didn't, I never thought I would ever bring up on our podcast was um, the NFL on Fox did a Twitter fan poll bracket. Now this was just part of, you know, it's one of those lame things that like, you know, just different sites or different people try to play on March Madness by doing their own form of a bracket, whether it's, you know, um, here's the Halloween candy bracket or, you know, uh, I don't know, dessert bracket or I don't know why I can only think of food, but <laughs> just that sort of dumb, you know, way of, of somehow getting their name in, in, in social media or whatever. So NFL, on, by the way, can we all agree that the NFL on Fox is like second or third rate at football coverage on TV? I don't think anybody particularly does it well. <laughs> that's fair that's fair john is so elitist <laughs> why do they still use that robot like 20 years later max man we're all the rage in 1994 i think <laughs> i don't know so they basically did this like 32 team there's obviously 32 teams in the nfl they did a 32 team um fan bracket <laughs> and i just kind of followed from the sidelines and then all of a sudden you know a lot of the members of bill mafia started tweeting our official twitter account um, by the way, if you follow us on Twitter, um, or if you don't follow us on Twitter, you should. We're at CTW Pod. It's circling the wagons pod. And um, all of a sudden, you know, you know, I would retweet things like, "Oh, you know, vote for us. We're going against the Seahawks. We're going against the Saints. We ended up beating the Saints somehow, you know, just by like percent, like a like decimal percentage points." I'm like, "All right, I'm into this. Like, we made the final four. Like, I think we're the best fan base. We were in the." the same uh, bracket as uh, the Titans. We ended up facing the Titans. And on the other side, it was um, the Browns versus I, the Bears, I believe. The Browns versus the Bears. So two other great franchises, the Bills versus the Titans. I'm like, oh, the Bills are easily going to win this one. And then all of a sudden, with 12 minutes left, um, the Bills were up 53% over the Titans at 47%. And then within seconds... All of a sudden, the poll flipped. It was all of a sudden the Bills were losing 46% to the Titans winning 54% with 12 minutes left. Like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. How did that happen? <laughs> like, we were going to easily win this. Um, and then all of a sudden, we ended up losing in the last uh, last few minutes. So, um, conspiracy happened through talking with different people in Twitter. Sal Capaccio tweeted this, that an actual Titans fan, not a player or anything with or any like anyone of note, but a Titans fan ended up buying 20,000 Twitter votes for $660. So I'm just going to let that sink in for a, a second, that somebody, not not anyone rich, I, don't, I have no idea what this guy's financial, but I can't imagine for the most part, for most of us, that $660 is worth spending for 20,000 votes to win a, to a Twitter fan poll on NFL on Fox. So I thought this was kind of ridiculous. So we started talking together as a podcast and we started to kind of list a few things that you could buy with $660. Cause I, cause I tweeted, I tweeted this guy back. I'm like, dude, I don't like spending $660 on stuff. I have to spend money on like food or gas or whatever. <laughs> and, and I, I can't believe that you would do that. So, you know, enjoy you and your 38 followers can enjoy this win, this victory that you had today. But just to give you an idea, John, John, you you had a really good text message after we talked about this. Like, what could you buy with six hundred and sixty dollars? Well, I could go to Wegmans right now, and accounting for tax and deposits, I could get eighty six cases, eighty six twelve cans per case of Genesee beer for six hundred sixty dollars, and that's a thousand thirty two beers. Wow, 
that would that would give you enough beer for like how many years how many seasons of like bill season tickets that's like at least the first weekend <laughs> at least opening <laughs> oh man there's so many things that you can do with 600 for example i was looking up like duff's menu duff's and amherst you can buy 687 and a half buffalo chicken wings from the famous duff's and amherst you could buy 110 cheeseburger garbage plates for 660 dollars you could buy 51 months of Netflix premium subscription. That's over four years of Netflix for what this guy paid for 20,000 Twitter votes. You could pay for three months of heating through like the coldest months in Buffalo. That's like equivalent to $660. It's like 13 full tanks of gas in like an average SUV. And I'm only basing that off like what I have to pay for my, to fill up, fill up my tank. You know, it's like 13 full tanks of gas, which lasts you like what, a week or two? It's like half a year's worth of gas. <laughs> like that's absolutely insane. Mike, so you weren't paying attention. You're not on Twitter like we are, like John and I are, like following this stuff. Do you think that this is – so one of the – I guess one of the things that pisses me off is that I actually cared in the end because it's such a stupid reason to – It's there's no real there, – there's no way of saying which fan base is better from one to the other based on this. Like, just you're just better on Twitter, apparently, to getting the word out to for fans to vote. But it doesn't mean that, like, you have better... Fa- I mean, really, the Cowboys, if they're America's team, they probably should have won it. But what do you think? Do you think this was... I guess, what are your thoughts on it from, from someone that, that doesn't follow Twitter? Like, I had no idea about it, and it's like, if I say, like, oh, it's just... Fox is trying to generate buzz so people go there, right? Like, who gives a shit? There's probably... 50 polls at any given time about the same thing from different sources. I know. I know. Twitter's a neat. Twitter's a time suck. It's just giving your brain a little drop of dopamine so you can get to your fucking work day without <laughs> blowing your brains out over, all over your cubicle wall. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's anything critical of Twitter and, 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 and passionate sports fans is also critical of us as a podcast. <laughs> yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Because I, I kind of agree. So it's like, it's just like at the end of the day with, with the team, it's like if the Bills do terrible, you're just like, well, I don't really care about this season. So it doesn't really matter when really it still right. kind of hurts you and you were invested into it a great amount. Well, yeah. I don't think, I don't think the Twitter, the Twitter poll is kind of, it's like, eh, you know, it's kind of dumb, but like, hey, I got into it. I'll admit like people were sure, t- yeah. t- tweeting me and tagging us, the official, you know, our, our podcast account and I was getting into it. I I was like, I want to win this. I really want to win this. So, so we won, you know, against the Saints just narrowly. Okay, we got this. We started beating the the Titans to begin with at like sixty percent to forty percent, and I'm just like, man, the Titans been must have been in some weak ass bracket to make it this far, and then like us just trouncing them. <laughs> the ability to buy votes in Twitter and the fact it wasn't. I was upset at myself for caring that much because I I got that mad. I got that angry when I found out that he bought votes. When he rigged the election, essentially. <laughs> so it was just like... There is no collusion. <laughs> <laughs> we have... What's the other one? There's no collusion, no interference or something? What yeah, does Trump always say? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Sad. <laughs> it was like, can you... That's why I should have tweeted after this. Like, can you believe that somebody would actually collude in this election? <laughs> it just goes to show you what people will do to to win a, a you know a dumb... Twitter poll, sad. (laughs) Uh, I didn't think we were going to talk about Trump on this podcast. Um, 
So I was just, I thought that was really, it was funny slash irritating slash, you know, at the end of the day, it was just like, whatever, let the guy, let the guy win. If you're going to be, I guarantee people in Buffalo aren't spending $660 for 20,000 votes. But what was really cool is afterwards, you know, Bill's mafia, like, like they always do, you know, uh, put their effort together instead of, you know, spending money on a Twitter vote, you know, to make sure that the Browns ended up winning, which they went into the championship bracket. Instead of doing something like that or paying for that, they ended up um, donating money to the Nashville um, Child Advocacy Center for, you know, abused children and stuff like that. So it was really kind of a cool story. Um, one of the Bills' new offensive tackles, um, I forget, I think it's Adrian Waddle from the New England Patriots, his wife, ended up, you know, sparking this with Del Reed and everything like that. So so it, it ended up becoming a good thing. They ended up raising thousands of dollars to charity to show that we are a classy fan base. And even though we lost the Twitter poll on NFL on Fox, we are still the best fans in the country. No one. No. No one. No one. No one. Circles the wagon. Circles the wagon. Circles the wagons. Circles the wagons. Circles the wagons. Circles the wagons. Like the Buffalo Bills. 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 So anyway, so we're we're doing this segment that we do in the off season, or not during the regular season, I should say, because technically it still is part of the, the football season. Um this week in Bill's history with John. This week in Bill's history. Great. This is uh, courtesy of a tweet from Bill's Backers Manayunk PA at BB Manayunk. Um, this is from April 4th. On this date in 1972, construction began on Rich Stadium. And I have a trivia question for you guys. Oh, yes. Yes. Mike, are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. Let's do it. <laughs> um, so, uh, obviously, the, the Bills had the War Memorial Stadium originally and then in uh, 1973 true. The, true they started at rich stadium damn it when <laughs> when did um <laughs> sweet okay go ahead john in what year was rich stadium no longer called rich stadium oh jeez i want to i think it was when it went to ralph wilson stadium right right okay 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 um, I'm going to guess, hmm, I'm going to, I'm going to put in, I'm going to put a guess out there and, and we're, do, we're not doing prices, right? Rules. So it's yes, not, we are doing prices, <laughs> no, right? Not. Rules. If I do like 2018, you'll be like, yeah, the year one, <laughs> you know, just to screw well, me. That's so. just <laughs> <laughs> Mike would do it. That's not that ridiculous. Mike would do that. Um, let's do, I'm going to say 2007. I will say 2006. Uh, 1998. So, Mike. Oh, really? That long ago? Congrats, Mike. Thank you. We should really have to submit the number to John. This is the worst possible way to do it. Yes, it is. (laughs) Well, you should have to go first next time. So, because you won, then you go first next time. So, there we go. We just decided it. But it's going to be the exact same thing. Like, you're going to, if you approach it logically, right, you're just going to go one off. And get yourself all of those values. Maybe next time it won't be a number. It'll be a person or something. Yeah. Every time you've done it, it's been a number. <laughs> I think so. No, no. It was training camps. There was like f- the training camp locations before St. John Fisher. 
It was like how many locations no, were there? No, no, it was <laughs> it was named, and we were like we couldn't think of it after like before Fredonia. We're like I don't know, um, Ralph Wilson's yeah, we backyard. Did, <laughs> we did Pro Bowl players from like '91 or something. Oh yeah, yeah, that was a good one. Pro Bowl players from '91. There was like ten or nine that year. Was yeah, right. yeah, something like that. Bruce Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, cool. All right. Well, this is a perfect time. Now let's have a quick word from our sponsor. Do, 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 do. Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just visible. Switch today at visible.com. Rate with service on the visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see visible.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, now what we were talking about earlier in the beginning of this podcast, we're going to get to our Mock Draft Central. Mock! Yeah! Ing! Yeah! Drafts! Yeah! 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 This comes courtesy today from buffalobills.com. Chris Brown does a really great job there where he basically uh, gathers all of the mock drafts, uh, at least some very um, significant mock drafts within the industry, and he puts them on their website. So we're going to read these players aloud. This is just a great chance for all of us to get an idea of which players will be taken around the ninth pick when the Bills pick, get an idea of what these players, who they are, where they're coming from, what position they play, and some insight from some of these draft writers. So this is a great idea. You know, um, we've interviewed people like I've interviewed Chris Trapasso in the past from CBS Sports. We have an interview next week where um, we're, I interviewed a senior member of Pro Football Focus to talk free agency, the draft, the Bills needs, um, just talk a lot of, about analytics and stuff like that. Um, so some of these guys will be in that conversation. I'll let you know which ones. And uh, yeah, so... This is just a great opportunity. We're going to go through and read. If we have anything to say about each of these players, we will. But we're kind of going to we're going to give you guys, the listeners, a rundown of which players were selected from each draft site. So I'll go first. CBS Sports, Sean Wagner Mago, with the number nine pick, um, defensive tackle Ed Oliver from Houston. He has the Bills selecting. He writes with Kyle Williams retiring. The Bills have a need on the interior of the line. It's a it's a neat Oliver fills. He's coming off a three-year college career that saw him record 53 tackles for a loss, and he might also be the best player available, regardless at that position. Now, I didn't t- I forgot to mention this earlier. Um, Ryan Talbot does this really cool thing on NewYorkUpstate.com where he lets people know if um, there are uh, pre-draft visits scheduled for players. So I'll just ask you guys real quick, you and you and. Uh, John, Mike, and John, do you think Ed Oliver has a pre-draft visit with the Buffalo Bills? Um, sure. All right. Yes for John. 
No. <laughs> no for Mike. And the answer is yes. Ed Oliver has a pre-draft visit with the Buffalo Bills. Now they get 30 pre-draft visits from college or, you know, draft prospects. So he is one of the, the people. So, John, you got the next one. Right. John's not going to be able to say this name anyway. Uh, all right. <laughs> Cynthia Freeland for NFL.com writes for the number, number ninth pick, defensive tackle Christian Wilkins, Clemson. The, the Bills' defensive defense gave up the third fewest yards per play last season and were one of only four teams to allow five or fewer yards per play on first down. In the wake of Kyle Williams' retirement, fortifying the defensive tackle position is key. The Clemson product's ability to both stop the run and defend the pass meant he graded in the top three amongst interior defenders last season for PFF. Nice. So two defensive tackles already. I thought you said her name was Cynthia Fräulein. <laughs> That's, what I Wait, said. <laughs> That's what I said before the podcast, <laughs> Cynthia Fräulein. <laughs> it's like I just watched uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade or something. <laughs> Mike, you're up, bud. The draft wire, Luke Easterling, says the Bills trade with Washington, move down to number 15, and take offensive tackle Juwan Taylor out of Florida. He argues helping Josh Allen has to be the focus of this draft, and while free agency has added some solid pieces to the offensive line and the receiver group, they can still use a stud for each. Here they give Allen the top tackle in the draft. He can play either side and add an extra pick in the process. Very cool. Very cool. You know, I uh, so in the interview I had with the gentleman from Pro Football Focus, um, I guess this is kind of a spoiler. Um, no, wait, this is a teaser. Spoiler is when you give something away, right? <laughs> this is a teaser. Okay, this is a teaser. Spoiler. Spoiler alert. It was a great interview. It's going to be an amazing podcast. But um, teaser is we do talk about um, some of these players. And, in fact, I ask him exactly which teams – have needs at quarterback that he thinks will trade up with the Bills, and he does mention Washington as one of them. So that's kind of cool. So the the Washington Redskins have the number 15th pick. The Bills go from 9 to 15. He doesn't say what the uh, Bills get in return, but um, definitely one of those teams that, that needs quarterback that could easily move up at 9 ahead of Denver at 10. So, okay. So the next one is from NFL.com. Charles Davis with the number 9 pick. The, he has the Bills selecting tight end. Noah Font, Noah Fant from Iowa. The Bills could easily go with an offensive lineman here, and it would make sense even if they did spend some capital in that area in free agency. However, a young, developing quarterback like Josh Allen needs a tight end who can become his go-to guy. I think Fant is the best tight end in the draft. Very controversial, by the way. I did. I'm I, right now. I have a running Twitter poll. Um, about if you want to take a, a tight end in the first in the first round. I think I'm going to actually make this into a podcast and write up an article on buffalorumblings.com about you know thoughts on taking a tight end in the first round or just early like when the Bills are picking because I think it's a very polarizing subject. Last time I checked the Twitter poll, it was around 49%, 51% either way. So, um, yeah, pretty polarizing. So, so, John, you're up, bud. All right, uh, next one from Pro Football Focus. They have cornerback... Byron Murphy out of Washington. They say Murphy fits perfectly opposite Tredavious White in that scheme, as Murphy is perhaps the best zone coverage corner. All right, first cornerback we've seen taken. Mike? Ryan Wilson, CBS Sports, def- at number nine, defensive tackle Owen Williams from Alabama. There's no way Williams falls to the Bills, right? 
Either way, he is a monster, dominating just about every snap during the 2018 season. And he came to the combine and dominated there too, blazing a 4.83 40-yard dash, which only confirms what we already do. Williams' physical abilities are off the charts. Nice. That's the third different defensive tackle we've seen already. So this next one is from SB Nation, Dan Kadar from Mocking the Draft. Um, defensive tackle, he has at number nine. Defensive tackle Ed Oliver again from Houston. There is a chance Oliver could go in the top five picks. He's certainly garnering some interest. Some mock drafts have him going as high as number four to the Raiders, with whom he has a visit scheduled. Um, the Cardinals, who own the first overall pick, are also bringing him in. It's just because that so many teams are fascinated by Oliver. He has elite get-off at the snap and creates pressure consistently. He's not the biggest, and his pass rush repertoire needs work, but he will make an impact early in his career. So I forgot completely to continue doing this thing where I <laughs> mentioned if people have uh, pre-draft visits or not. So Christian Wilkins, I'll just go over him real quick. Christian Wilkins out of Clemson does not. Juwan Taylor out of Florida, offensive tackle out of Florida, does. Noah Fant out of Iowa does not. The tight end out of Iowa does not, at this point at least. Byron Murphy, the cornerback out of Washington, does not. And Quinton Williams out of um, Alabama does not at this point. All right, uh, next one is Maurice Moten from Bleacher Report. He has at number nine the Bills taking Juwan Taylor, Florida. He writes... The Bills need a physical presence in the trenches. In November and December, when there's blustery, inclement weather at New Airfield, the offense could use a mauler on the offensive line, and Taylor fits the bill. For the most part, Taylor lined up on the right side of Florida's offensive line. He could play the same position in Buffalo. The Bills need a long-term solution there with upside. Taylor could hold the edge for running back Sean McCoy and keep top-level pass rushers off of Josh Allen. The strong arm signal caller would have enough time to develop deep throws to John Brown and find Cole Beasley. Assuming the 2017 second round pick Deion Dawkins remains on the blind side, the Bills could have their bookend for their front line two early round draft picks. You nothing has taken me back to like fourth grade, like this project. <laughs> Reading out loud to the class. Yeah. But you're doing great. You're doing it very well. Thanks. I can't tell. Dude, that was a long one. John just read like three paragraphs. I lost my place. <laughs> Benjamin Solak, the draft network, says at nine, defensive end Montez Sweat, Mississippi State. <clears throat> and he writes, if I have one goal for this draft in Buffalo, it's to improve the pass rush. It wasn't bad in 2018, but competitors have to have a strong four-man rush in the modern NFL. And Buffalo's starting four is just lacking in juice outside of the timeless Jerry Hughes. While I looked at nifty edge bender Brian Burns here, <clears throat> I had to stay true to Sean McDermott's preference and grab the size, strength, and athleticism of Montez Sweat. He isn't a great pure rusher, but he can win with his hand in the dirt or from a stand-up alignment, and his power and length can be devastating with further development. All right, so this is a new one. Defensive end Montez Sweat, the first defensive end that we've seen so far in the mock drafts. Um, and just another teaser, he is brought up also. Uh, next week's podcast uh, with a gentleman from Pro Football Focus. Do you think that he has a pre-draft visit with the Bills? Yes. Yes. Yep, yep, you're both right this time. The next one is from Atlanta Journal-Constitution from D. Orlando Ledbetter, whoever that is. Um, with the number nine pick, the Bills select defensive end Rashawn Gary out of Michigan. 
He's six foot six and two hundred and eighty-three pounds. You can play end and slide down inside to tackle. Rashawn Gary is an enigma, Kuiper said. You expect more than ten sacks in a career for a guy with that kind of talent. You expect twenty plus career sacks with that kind of talent, and you didn't get it. Will the scheme allow him to get turned loose in the NFL? Or will that allow him to be productive as a pro more so than when he was in college? That's a roll of the dice. But uh but we I specifically asked um, the guy from Pro Football Focus about Montez Sweat and Rashawn Gary. And uh, it's really interesting. He had them in his Boomer Boss column on Pro Football Focus. So it was really good to hear, you know, what somebody like that has to say. Somebody that's done the analytics and that's talked to or that's seen players transition from college to the football level. You know, do they succeed without with a limited college, you know, uh, production resume as opposed to, you know, guys that, that produce well in college and trying to translate to the NFL. So Rashawn Gary, defensive end out of Michigan, pre-draft visit, yes or no? This is the last one. No. Yes. Did you say no, John, or I don't know? I said no. It is a yes. Yes, good call, Mike. So um, I'm going to end the podcast with uh, a question from uh, a listener of ours. The question is from Devin in Williamsville. He said, which, guy, which position do you guys – not think that the Bills should not draft with the ninth overall pick. So I, I saw this question and I thought it was really interesting because it kind of reminded me of um, Chan Gailey and Buddy Nix's first offseason together. And who, the, who and we were all wondering, who, who are they going to draft at number 10 overall? Was it going to be like a defensive tackle or like a defensive end, which were like both needs at the time? And then it ended up being C.J. Spiller, you know, after they already had Fred Jackson and Marshawn Lynch on the roster. So it kind of got me thinking, like, which positions do I definitely not want the Bills to select? Because there's been a lot of talk about Brandon Bean going best player available, which is normally like the best plan of action in general. But there's still a few positions where I'm like, ah, maybe if it's best player available, you know, maybe you don't, tra- maybe you still don't draft a guy at that position. But um, I'm going to go with the first most obvious one because of, you know, what's happened. You know, last season, the one where I know the Bills definitely won't draft one to begin with because they've already got it taken care of. It's like I said, it's pretty obvious. Is Long Snapper? I mean, the Bills just signed um, Long Snapper Reed Ferguson to a three-year contract, so we're good there, right, guys? I agree. John, what about you? Who do you see as a position where you can't see the or you, you see the Bills either not drafting or they should not draft with the ninth overall pick? I mean, I I, I said I agree, so. Um... No, I mean, I mean, you go kick the punter, right? Yep. Um, you want a real answer? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with running back because right. they, I mean, it, it just over the, you kind of already said it a little bit. Like they, so many times they tear aft uh, a first or second round running back over the years and it hasn't done them any good. Um, going all the way back to Travis Henry was a second round pick. And then you had McGahee was a first round pick. Spiller was a first round pick. Lynch was a first round pick. Like, like every three years, two or three years, they would draft another guy in the top round or whatever. They traded for McCoy. Um, I'm not saying that the, any of those were particularly bad, but like in general, it hasn't worked out for them. Um, so Maybe I, they I'm just weren't pick. picking the right people. Dude, Ezekiel Elliott. Exactly. They're not picking the right people. Yeah, Adrian so Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing about those guys, when, when those picks were made, it was like – I, I think those teams were kind of set at most a lot of other positions. So running back is one of it's it's a luxury to draft in the first round, in my opinion. Like you have a lot of other either these guys are like can't miss talents, 
because you can get a lot of solid running backs in the second round or later. You know, some undrafted guy like Philip Lindsay out of Denver this year had a great season and he was undrafted. You know, I want to say he had like a top 10 season, you know. So even LaShawn McCoy, LaShawn McCoy was a second round pick. Like there's a lot of really good running backs that are picked later in the draft. Fred Jackson was undrafted. Undrafted, yeah. So rare, rare. Rare are the Ezekiel Elliott's and the Adrian Petersons of the world. So, but for every one of those, there's a uh, Brady Lacey. Was that who I'm thinking of? <laughs> Eddie Lacey. That's what I mean. <laughs> Is he a second round pick? I don't know. Anyway, there's there's enough busts. So, Mike, what about you? What's a position that you you don't want to see the Bills draft with the ninth overall pick? I guess with the optimism optimism surrounding Josh Allen, Nate, uh, a quarterback would be a good safe bet that the Bills wouldn't be taken off the board with the number nine pick this year. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's definitely that seems obvious, but you know, it's worth noting. And plus, I've I've read a lot of things. I thought that's what you're asking me for. Obvious, (laughs) obvious. Yeah, that's what I wanted. What the hell do you want? (laughs) The old Nate draft strategy when they didn't have a franchise quarterback, and maybe we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, but we're hoping that Josh Allen isn't the answer in the franchise quarterback for a number of years. But the old Nate advocated. We'll say the old Nate strategy advocated taking a quarterback in every pick that you had <laughs> until you achieved getting the answer at quarterback i don't think just I, having <laughs> just 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 having a, court, a huge quarterback com- competition with your 10 drafted quarterbacks <laughs> <laughs> that might have been one one avenue i i originally I was desperate. I just wanted. It was groundbreaking. It was groundbreaking. Yeah, it still hasn't been done yet. I by thought the way. they were going to write academic papers about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's probably a good reason why I'm not a GM of a football franchise. <laughs> they should be continuing to draft a quarterback every year, including this year. Yes. Oh, yes. John is also a proponent of the Nate strategy. <laughs> one each year. <laughs> <laughs> not one with every single pick each. <laughs> They got ten picks this year. The Bills use one of them back. <laughs> the Bills staying put at their fourth round pick in drafting yet another quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> John brought up a great draft strategy, and I do agree with that. Even this year, even though the Bills technically have a solid quarterback room with Josh Allen as a starter, finally, you know, we finally have a he. He will get all of the first team reps all off season and have a full off season under his belt, unlike last season where he was switching back and forth, and he didn't really have a true offseason because he was spending a lot of time with the draft process, all that stuff. Um, I still think they should draft a quarterback this year at one point, either day two or day three. And um, I'm thinking more like day three, obviously, but they, absolutely. I mean, you never know when you can pick up a guy. I mean, what are the odds to say that you couldn't draft a guy that would be de- better than Derek Anderson? And worst case scenario, he just flames out. Like Derek Anderson is going to be off the off the roster in one year. You could get a guy that could potentially be either a trade piece or a great backup, you know, after Matt Barkley's contract ends. So I, I love that strategy, John. And I and I agree with that. Every every season you should be drafting a quarterback. In some round, right? You don't care which round, just some round, right? Agree. Like I will say the same thing that so this is kind of a strategy that I have. So when you find your franchise quarterback, you should be drafting at least one wide receiver every single season. You know, I believe I believe the the Packers are one of those teams that always does that. Every season, they draft another wide receiver in some round or whatever. Like they never take a year off of wide receiver, even though they have 
like so many good guys. <laughs> Same with the Steelers. You know, they always draft wide receivers around Big Ben. That's why they have Juju Smith-Schuster. That's why they had Antonio Brown before. That's why they had Martavis Bryant. Like they were just really good at drafting wide receivers. So I know the Bills are probably going to draft a wide receiver with one of their ten picks, but from here on forward, if Josh Allen is the franchise quarterback, they need to draft one every single season. If they whether they have five draft picks or ten draft picks, they need one. So I'll go next. One of the positions that I definitely don't want the Bills to draft with the ninth overall pick and thinking about it is safety. I think the Bills have two legitimate franchise safeties in Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde. I can't see the benefit of adding another safety to that mix um, just to push for, I, I, I don't even know. I'm not a big fan of taking safety at nine overall. I think that's way too high of a pick for um, for that position specifically, but I think that we're set there. I would not want the Bills to take any safety, even if he's the best safety in the draft, taking him at number nine overall. So what about you, John? Um, I don't know, fullback? <laughs> <laughs> Are you guys all out of positions? Because I have a couple more. You guys all done? Go ahead. <laughs> um, really fight me for it. So uh, I have center as the next one, just because I think the, the Bills don't need a center after signing Mitch Morse. I mean, the best that they can do is if he's if he's one of those guys that can also be play guard, then I'm okay with. But if he's a pure center and he's going to play as such, then I don't think the Bills should draft him. I think that they, they've already committed money to Mitch Morris, and that's just one of those positions where what good does it do? I mean, he's not going to replace a guy. He's not going to replace um, Mitch Morris in a year unless Mitch Morris gets severely injured. So um, I, I a strict pure center... You know, I, I would not want the Bills to draft. So since you guys definitely don't have any more to add to that, um, I want to thank Devin for the email and question. Follow us on Twitter, like I mentioned earlier, at CTW Pod. That's Circling the Wagons Pod. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, which now not only has our amazing podcast, but has uh, Rumblings Q&A with Matt Warren, Blitz Bills, and now Breaking Buffalo Rumblings with Anthony Marino, which he just recently did a, a mock draft of his own, which is really cool. Um, we really have everything covered for you guys throughout the season and off season with the Buffalo Rumblings podcast feed. So like I said before, um, stay tuned next week for our interview with Cam from Pro Football Focus, um, where we dive into the Bills' most pressing positional needs from an analytical standpoint, which players are being mocked to the Bills that are boom, or bust in this year's draft, and a bunch of other topics that have um, nothing to do with any stupid Twitter poll that can apparently be bought, because Twitter polls can be bought, we found out. So um, I want to thank everyone for listening to this podcast. Thanks for listening to us. So signing off. So for John? Yay. So for Mike? Go Bills! And for me, Nate, I could buy some pretty decent season tickets with $660, and I suggest you guys all do the same. Go Bills. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. You're not getting season tickets. No, but if I had $660 to burn... <laughs> No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. That's a huge time commitment. <laughs> Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. 
Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right, $25 a month, every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com.